This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Yep, you heard it right. Bill Belichick out. Gerard Mayo in. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Hello, I'm Michelle Smolman. Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. You can be a part of Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call online. 888-SAY-ESPN. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper, the ones fans deserve. Let's give people a little background here on who Gerard Mayo is for those who may not be aware of the next head coach of the New England Patriots. This is a guy that was drafted 10th overall out of Tennessee by the Patriots. He played there from 2008 to 2015, and he's been the linebackers coach from 19 to 23, was not the defensive coordinator. Then They did not technically have a de- defensive coordinator during this time, mm. where Gerard Mayo and uh, Steve Belichick, Bill's son, kind of split those duties since Brian Flores. But Steve was calling the plays. Steve yeah. was calling the plays, yeah. at least it seemed like, based uh, honestly, CeCe, based on camera shots. Because yeah. nobody ever confirmed that. It's just literally based on when you would see the CBS or ESPN or Fox or NBC cameras go over to that sideline. He was literally the one mouthing the plays to Jawan Bentley, the, the middle linebacker, which, again, is a dumb way of referring to him calling the plays, but they would never talk about that stuff. No, they no. never did. So what Mayo did, we know, was obviously influential enough for Robert Kraft to hire him as the head coach, but not from actual X's and O's we're unaware of. And, and here's the thing that I'm thinking about. Maybe because of that dynamic and knowing that Mayo was the head coach in waiting, that might have been why Steve Belichick was calling the plays. Yeah. Because Bill Belichick may have been uncomfortable with the arrangement that Robert Kraft made with Gerard Mayo. I'm going to trust my blood. I'm going to trust my son over trusting Gerard Mayo because I don't know if somebody's trying to undermine what I'm trying to do here as the head coach. And and to be fair, sorry, it's about just none of us are actually saying that Mayo was undermining everything. This is all speculation. Right, no, but reckless speculation. No, but reckless. it's not that reckless to say a situation like that for a guy that's won six Super Bowls can be uncomfortable for everyone involved, including Mayo. Yes, and it also, at least to me, puts more into focus on why Bill Belichick might have wanted to move on from the situation. He clearly indicated that he would like to come back to New England, but if my boss had identified my replacement and I felt like maybe I had to look over my shoulder for an entire season because this person is lying in wait if I don't have success, that's not a really comfortable position for me to be in. It's a not great point. So maybe the, the amicable, amicable excuse me, part of the separation with the two of them may actually have been something along the lines of Kraft saying, fine, I will give in for one more year where we're going to have this setup, but Gerard takes over after that. Yep. And Bill, Bill Belichick saying, well, no, 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 no. I'm not here for a year. I'm here for as long as I want to be here. And if you don't want me past my contract, which is up after this upcoming season, then that's where we move on. That's where that amicable thing actually makes some sense. Mm-hmm. Because maybe, like if you remember, Joe Torre with the Yankees was there forever, and I believe that Joe Torre was offered like a one-year deal. And he's like, I'm not taking a one-year deal after I've won you all these World Series, and that's when Joe Girardi took over as manager, right? So I do wonder whether it was one of those kinds of things where it's like, okay, Mayo's going to be the coach in 25, you could be the coach in 24, and Belichick's like, neither of us should go through this again like this. Again, reckless speculation, but based on reporting and logic here, including from Mike Reese, who just joined us moments ago, said that the he covers the Patriots for ESPN, of course, saying the Mayo hiring has been in the works for a long period of time. This is something that the Patriots had as a succession plan going back to last year. They identified Gerard Mayo as the person they wanted to ultimately succeed Bill Belichick whenever that time came. Obviously, that time came this offseason, this week. Uh, Why? His leadership. They know him well from him having played for the Patriots 
from 2008 to 2015. They believe he's a special developer of young individuals. And between that, his knowledge of the game, they feel he's the right coach for this moment. He's the right coach for this moment, which means Mike Vrabel is not the right coach for this moment, even after getting fired by Tennessee. Tennessee had a former player in Vrabel who players loved as their head coach. Well, maybe they're going to have another one. Per the NFL Network, the Titans are interviewing Antonio Pierce for their vacant head coaching job this weekend. Mm. Hello. Which is interesting Mm. because maybe AP is your former teammate Mm -hmm. thinking, hey, well, if I'm the guy, I'm the guy. What are we going through the process for? I got to cover my tuchus here and go interview elsewhere. And oh, by the way, haven't we heard on our show this week that Jim Harbaugh has been in play with the Raiders a little bit? That has been bum, bum. that has been the rumor around there. So I mean, if AP is going to interview with the Titans, presumably he has an inkling that he might not be the guy yep. that Mark Davis wants to go with, and that there might be somebody bigger that the Raiders are going after. So yeah, I, I, I could absolutely connect those dots, and it feels like a situation where. Jim Harbaugh is going to be poised to jump to the NFL. Like, like, that, like that piece of news is like, okay, maybe this makes sense. Based on what we're hearing around Jim Harbaugh doing this dance with the Raiders and him hiring Don Yee and that being Tom Brady's former agent and Tom Brady having associations with the Raiders, like all of those things seem to line up where Jim Harbaugh could potentially make that move. Yeah, that's the the piece of it I was going to point out to the Tom Brady connection to the Raiders, obviously to Michigan, obviously with his agent, Don Yee. It really does feel like Jim Harbaugh to the Raiders could be more likely as all of these dominoes continue to fall. Uh, Tom Brady has a connection to another guy, too, if they're looking for a head coach. I mean, I'm just saying the Belichick-Brady combo, but let's go back to AP for a second. So think about if you're the Titans. Hey, you just fired a, a, a player's coach that tells it straight that everyone respects, everybody wants to play for. What a terrible move. And who do you replace him with? A player's coach that everyone respects. That like the t- We would forget about the Vrabel firing if they hired Antonio Pierce because, in essence, they hired another version of, of Vrabel under the structure that they want. But here's the question. All right, Antonio Pierce goes there this weekend, has a meeting. They say, wow, you're awesome. We want to offer you the job. If you're AP, do you take it immediately? Because you don't have the Raiders job right now. Absolutely. You have to take it. If they're offering you a head coach Hypothetically, job, yeah. You have to take the job. Yeah, no doubt. You can't sit here and wait on a bird in the bush. You have to take the, you, you got to take the one in hand. Yeah, why would you wait to potentially be somebody's second choice? Yeah. Why would you wait? Even though he obviously has ties to the Raiders, to he's that locker that room, he's, he's, Raiders, got, he's yeah. got that DNA. Why would you wait for them to choose someone else over you and then you miss your opportunity to be a head coach in the NFL? You can't do that. Not at all. Okay, so back to the Mayo thing, which we're going to continue the conversation. We're going to get to our Pick'em Challenge in just a second here against our other ESPN radio shows for the playoffs this weekend. So May, uh, Vrabel, excuse me, was not a factor per Mike Reese, ESPN.com. If something had happened from the time that they put in Gerard Mayo's contract last January, February, or last offseason, whenever they consummated their contract extension with Gerard Mayo. If something had happened from that time to us speaking right now, absolutely. Mike Rabel, to me, would have been a top candidate for them. But they were pretty committed and determined that they knew they wanted Gerard Mayo as their next coach. So Rabel's uh, sudden availability from talking to people around the organization, Michelle, it didn't move them off the spot one bit from Gerard Mayo. Very interesting. So the Patriots are the last opening that, that existed and the first one to close. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Simultaneously. Yeah. 
I just can't believe that their conviction in him is so strong that Mike Vrabel becoming available doesn't move them off of him one bit. I would expect it to at least shift the the barometer a little bit or for them to at least consider it based on who he is as a coach and his connection to the organization. But for them to not even consider it is shocking. All right, let's go through the ESPN Radio Pick'em Challenge right now for the playoffs. Browns favored by two and a half at the Texans this weekend. Who do we have, guys? Oh, I love the Texans getting two and a half points. Me too. I mean, the fact that C.J. Stroud in a playoff game on the road last week essentially against the Indianapolis Colts played the way that he did. This guy has only shown up um, the brightest in the biggest of moments. I, I would actually lean in that direction. And you got to think D'Amico Ryans this time around is going to have a plan on how to deal with that Flacco to Amari Cooper connection. So I'm going Houston, Texans. Texans in the points. Let's go. All right, go. then it doesn't matter. We move on because two of three, definitely. I would have taken the Browns, so let's uh, hope we're right with the Texans. Dolphins at the Chiefs, minus four and a half. <laughs> I love, I love <laughs> the way that right. he puts let's the same. Right. Dolphins at the Chiefs, minus four and a half. You know what, CC? We got to keep our mouths shut on this because we have the Chiefs expert who's gotten every no, pick. No, every but- pick, right, with the Chiefs. Go ahead, so- Smalls. So normally I would think weather conditions, the Kansas City Chiefs can't hold on to the football anyway. Uh, I think that's going to not work in their favor. But the Chiefs are at home and the Dolphins have been on fraud alert all season long. And they're banged up. And they're going from South Florida to sub-zero degree temperatures. So I kind of I love the Chiefs uh, in this situation. That's where I would have gone to. So we're good. Yeah. Um, Packers at Cowboys. Cowboys favored by seven, CeCe. Uh, I'm going with the Dallas Cowboys. Listen, this team at home is 8-0 this season. They average over 37 points a game and have a plus 172-point differential. Dak Prescott is playing the best football of his career. How could you not go with the Dallas Cowboys? They better win this game. (laughs) And so that's why I'm with the boys. We're going to lay the seven. My heart says Green Bay. The numbers say Dallas at home. You can't pick against them. Agreed. Cowboys minus seven. This is going to be an interesting one. Steelers at the Bills. Bills favored by 10. Steelers are as depleted as could be. And even when they're at full strength, they're not very good. Yet Mike Tomlin's all-time great. That's rich for the Bills. I, I don't I don't see it. I don't trust it. I'm going Steelers in this situation. Love yeah, it. too many points. Mike Tomlin is the guy to muck up a game like this. Steelers plus 10 is our answer. Rams at the Lions. Lions favored by three. Detroit! <laughs> Javante, let's go, Detroit! I mean, this, this week started with Michigan football fans winning the national title, that's right, that's and right. it's going to end in them winning the first playoff game that they've hosted in over 30 years. I'm going with the Detroit Lions. Listen, it's a feel-good story for Matt Stafford coming back, being in the playoffs with the Rams after he won a championship with that organization, but it's Detroit's time to shine. It's just... Something about this Lions team, the overall physicality that they play the game with, I think it's going to overwhelm the L.A. Rams, so I'm going Lions. There is not a hotter area code in the U.S. of A. than the 313 right now, okay? I'm so sick of this being Matt Stafford returning to Detroit. Jared Goff revenge game. Give me the Lions. Wow, anti-free worlds going 313. Okay, uh, (laughs) Eagles favored by three at the Bucks Monday Night Football on ESPN. Bucks plus three. How can you trust the Eagles? How can you trust the – tell me what you've seen over the last two weeks that makes you think you can trust the Eagles. Jalen Hurts himself said, yeah, it probably wasn't a good decision to go back into the game after my middle finger is throwing up gang signs because it's banged up and it's crooked. <laughs> like, it's probably not a good idea. I mean, he's questioning the head coach's decision to allow him to stay in a meaningless game in Week 18 after it became clear that they had no shot at winning the division. I just – I can't trust anything about the Eagles. They're off. Their defense is trash. And the Bake Show, say what you want about Baker Mayfield, has been lighting it up. 
I don't know how the Eagles secondary contends with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Just don't see it. I was just going to say, a guy that we should talk about more that we don't and Mike Evans, he's going to feast against that Eagles secondary. Feast. Give me Tampa Bay. I actually would pick Philly. I think Philly's going to have one good win and then get destroyed. One good win and then get destroyed. I don't know. The- didn't, go, didn't go so well for Philly the last time they were a wild card few years ago down in Tampa. I, listen, just all signs point all signs pointing in that direction, no question about that, but I would just it doesn't matter. We're taking the Tampa Bay Bucks in that spot. All right, coming up, Joe Fortenbaugh will join us ESPN Bet Co's Carlin versus Joe, and again, if you're just tuning in, Gerard Mayo will be the next head coach of the New England Patriots per our very own Adam Schefter. We're on Sportsmanlike presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio and ESPNU. Passion, drive and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bot, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Evan Canty and Michelle are Unsportsmanlike. You know, we're in reckless speculation season, right? Oh, no doubt. So I got to add more. Per uh, 93.3 KJR in Seattle, Kalen DeBoer, the Washington head coach, has a weekly radio appearance, was scheduled to join them, and um, did not make his appearance today. Is going to make it, I guess, at another time, but they said as he's working through contract and athletic stuff, whatever it may be. So uh, Mm. insert Alabama rumors there as Dan Lanning took himself out of it, the Oregon head coach, with a hype video. That's how you do it today's day. I think the $20 million buyout took him out of it, but that's just me. Well, one or the other, or both. (laughs) And uh, who knows what happens here with Kalen DeBoer. All right, let's bring in Joe Fortenbaugh. A wild day here already. Uh, Gerard Mayo is the head coach of the New England Patriots. Joe, of course, ESPN Bet, co-host of Carlin versus Joe. Joe, if I had you place a futures bet on coach of the year right now for next year are you more likely to place that bet on mayo with new england or belichick with team blank right now (laughs) excellent question excellent question indeed probably mayo because the bar is extremely low that's not because he's not going to be a a good head coach or some negative take like that no 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 it's just that we don't know what to expect 
We didn't know what to expect from D'Amico Ryans, right? We didn't know what to expect from Shane Steichen. We thought they could be good, but they were taking over teams that were very poor the year before with young rosters, and there wasn't a high expectation. So you go out, you win six, seven, eight games in a scenario like that, especially in the AFC East with Josh Allen, the Dolphins, Aaron Rodgers coming back. That looks very good to the voters. Like, what would Belichick need to do to impress you? If he takes over in Atlanta and goes nine and eight, is that the type of thing where you say, wow, can you believe the job Bill did? No, we've seen Bill go 19 and one before. We've seen him win a bunch of Super Bowls. So he's battling a, a bar that is set extraordinarily high based on what he's done throughout his career. Joe, per our Adam Schefter, Bill Belichick's availability looms large over Wild Card Weekend. Uh, I mean, which coaches are out there on Wild Card Weekend that are actually coaching for their job? Ooh, that's a great question. Great question. I would say, I think the obvious one is Mike McCarthy in Dallas. My, my view on McCarthy is this. If you make it to the NFC Championship game and you lose in San Francisco, I got no problems if Dallas brings him back. But you got to win each of the next two games. We're not asking for much. You're a seven-point favorite at home against a Green Bay team that's very inexperienced, very young. You should be expected to win that game. You shouldn't be hoping to win it. You should be expected to win it. And then the following week, what do you end up drawing? Detroit? If they beat the Rams, you're going to host the Lions. You just beat them a couple weeks ago. You can beat Detroit at home. That shouldn't be that, that daunting for you to figure that out. So you get those two done. I think he's safe. If you don't have, if you miss on one of them, I'd be looking in another direction. Um, so that's the obvious one. I think the pressure is starting to mount in Philadelphia. Obviously, if Nick Sirianni and the Eagles flame out against Tampa Bay Monday night, that could be a troublesome spot, mostly because the market is now filled with elite talent. Harbaugh, Carroll. Belichick, all out there right now. I think I'm missing someone as well because I'm all over the place. Yeah, exactly. So I'd say that could be heating up. Uh, Sean McDermott in Buffalo with the way things went for part of the season. uh, That could be intriguing. And then he did a nice job this year. Todd Bowles winning that division. But it's not like it was the toughest division. All right, someone had to win it. And they were the ones that didn't screw up the most. So if they would go in and lose to Philly, given all the talent that's out there, I I could see perhaps Tampa Bay moves on from Bowles. Joe, we just did our ESPN Radio Pick'em pick Playoff Challenge. Oh, that's cute. That's we, cute, Smalls. You know, we're coming for you guys. It's a whole new day, oh, Joe. Okay. We're coming for you Yeah, guys. we made the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. so <laughs> Everyone makes the playoffs. Not, not important. So one of the games, <laughs> Dolphins at Chiefs, uh, the weather is obviously going to be a huge factor in yeah. this one. We're talking sub-zero degree wind chills, potentially sub-zero degree temps. So how do you wager a game like this when the weather is obviously a huge factor? Money's been on Kansas City here. It went from around three, three and a half. It's up to four and a half now. Given what I've seen from the Kansas City offense and also the fact that they're no longer bulletproof at Arrowhead. We saw what the Raiders did to them on Christmas. I don't know if I'd be inclined to lay the points. Maybe I'd put him in a money line parlay with Dallas, something of that nature. I like the total here. I'd go under 44. It's starting to dip, and for good reason. Freezing temperatures. Candy can tell you about this. Mm. I mean, it's not like anyone's all that excited to be running around catching passes in sub-zero temperature with a wind chill and everything else that comes to play with that as well, right? Well, like, the Chiefs gonna... receivers can't catch anyway, so it doesn't There matter. you go, right? It's not like those temperatures are going to help them catch the ball. So I could see the offense is really struggling in this game. Miami, since the, uh, right around week 13, the offense has gone in the tank. They haven't been very good. In their games against quality competition, competition this year they're averaging about 20 points per game 
on the road, banged up. I don't expect a lot from them. I also don't expect a, a monster number from Kansas City. We have to stop viewing the Chiefs through any prism that includes last year, three years ago, five years ago. you got to look at them for what they are this year, and that's a different team than what we're used to seeing in the past. Talking with Joe Fortenbaugh, of course, co-host Carlin versus Joe Noon until 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN Bet as well. Ten points feels like an enormous number in a playoff game. Yeah. Uh, where do you lean in terms of Buffalo and Pittsburgh? So especially when you have a total of 35. Like, think about that. The bookmakers are telling you this should be a really low-scoring game, and then you can get a do- you can get 10 points with the dog. I mean, 17-7, you're pushing right there, and you only need 7 points, and that's a low-scoring game. Now, that said, I, I think the bottom's going to fall out on Pittsburgh. I- number one this season, in my opinion, in terms of luck factor, uh, fumbles bouncing their way, situations going their way, they've been very fortunate. They've taken advantage of the opportunities. I don't want to take anything away from Tom. I think he did a wonderful job. But when we're handicapping this, we have to assess who you truly are. Now, I like I disagree with Bill Parcells. I, I know everyone always quotes that you are what your record says you are. Are the Eagles an 11 win team the same as some of the other 11 win teams out there? Like, let's be honest. And when we're handicapping, this is where we can find edges. This is where we can find opportunity. And when it comes to this matchup, I, I don't think Pittsburgh's offense is going to get a whole lot going here. Rudolph has looked good against bad defenses. And then last week they needed him to make plays. It was raining. Uh, you know, it's against the Ravens, but they rested some starters. Not a whole lot happened there. So I think Buffalo's D is going to be able to limit him. Buffalo, since their bye week, has not been very good on offense. They're running more. Allen's completing less than 60% of his passes. I think under 35 is a play, but that's one of my weaker plays of the week. That's a small bet right now. Joe, Sunday night, the Rams are visiting the Detroit Lions. I don't know if it's a revenge game for Matt Stafford or a revenge game for Jared Goff, but the line is the Lions laying three points. What's your read on this game? What's the play? Revenge for everyone. It's like a Rambo movie, right? It's revenge. For, everybody's got revenge in this game. Campbell's going to find a way to have revenge against everybody with the way his mindset operates. So this one's fascinating. This feels like this is going to be the big public dog of the week. It feels like everyone's going to line up on the Rams here. You were getting three and a half for a good portion of the week. It's down to three. That's a big move onto a key number. We've talked about that before, so it's very significant. Sharp money hit the Rams at plus three and a half. I like the Rams here. I'm looking at the situation. I wonder, like, like to me, Campbell is a guy with a toolbox that has one tool in it. He's got a hammer. And everything he sees is a nail. Everything. He's trying to hammer everything into the ground. You need some nuance as a head coach. Three weeks ago, they played Minnesota. They're in a shootout. Two weeks ago, the game against Dallas, that game comes down to the wire. It takes a ton of energy. People question the decisions on the goal line. Then he has a chance to rest his guys. He has less than a 10% chance of securing the two seed. He plays them balls out in that game. Laporta gets hurt. It's like, what kind of gas tank do you have coming into this game, man? Like, what, what are you doing? Meanwhile, the Rams rest their guys last week. They're coming in in great shape for this game. I'm getting three points with the better quarterback and the better head coach. I like the Rams. Joe, do we have a wink-wink play for the weekend? Uh, I would tell you, if you want a wink-wink play, you go under nine and a half rounds in the Arter Better Biev Calum Smith boxing fight uh, Saturday night. It's been the night. biggest topic of our show so far today. Yeah, it's, it's it one, should yeah. be your lead, Cohen. It, your, your lead should be the fact that I'm in Vegas right now getting ready to celebrate a huge win, which no one even thinks to ask about. Incredible, incredible work on behalf of this staff so far today. Not putting me up on the pedestal as we, as we should be doing, but I'll gripe about that another time. The wink wink would be the under nine and a half rounds in that fight. It is on ESPN. It's ESPN plus as well. It's going to be a slugfest. It's going to be a great watch. If you want the Monday night game, I take the Buccaneers. As an Eagle fan, it kills me. This Eagles team, like, what are you doing out there? 
What are you doing out there? You haven't covered a spread in eight weeks. You're one in five straight up over the last six weeks. The defense stinks since transitioning to Patricia. The quarterback's hurt. The star wide receiver's hurt. And for some reason, money's coming in on Philly. It's pushed it up to three. Like, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they roll over and die. I keep hearing about this. Oh, they're going to flip the switch. What indicator is out there that would show us they're going to flip the switch? They've had every opportunity to flip a switch for two months. They haven't done it. Joe? Thank you, as always. We appreciate it. Congratulations on every, whatever it is you want. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. All right. I <laughs> truly appreciate it from yeah. the bottom of my heart to Heartfelt. all of you guys. Heartfelt by me to you. <laughs> you guys uh, are the, the best. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Joe Fortenbaugh, of course. Uh, Carlin versus Joe. Noon Eastern time here on ESPN Radio. For then, anybody just tuning in, of course, Super Wild Card Weekend is a huge deal. Hence why we were discussing it. But New England Patriots have named or will name Gerard Mayo as their next head coach per Adam Schefter. Coming up, we will have Can- Canny or Canty presented by Granger and the latest on Mayo staying in New England, but now as the head coach of the Pats. Next, some Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100 times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance. So that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to PrizePicks.com/morning and use code Morning for a first deposit match up to $100. That's PrizePicks.com/morning, code Morning for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Can he? Can he? Oh, oh can't he? This is not hard-hitting analysis. It's not that. Can he or can't he? That is the question. Can he or can't he is brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by today. We will get into the canny or canny in a second. And by that, I mean. Why aren't you now? Well. The canty part of can he or can't he. But also, in all honesty, there is breaking news to obviously discuss here. And that is that the New England Patriots have found their next head coach. They didn't look have to look very far. Adam Schefter has reported it's a new era in New England. I'm reading the tweet. The Patriots have hired Gerard Mayo as their next head coach, and he will be formally introduced at a press conference next week. A source tells ESPN. So Gerard Mayo, who was on the Patriots staff as their linebackers coach, was a player for New England last offseason. If you remember, he was a candidate for other jobs, or at least other people wanted him, and New England came out and actually sent out a press release, which they never do, indicating we are working on a long-term contract extension with Gerard Mayo to be with the New England Patriots. They didn't announce a contract extension. They said they were working on one. To put this in perspective, Smalls, they never, ever 
I don't believe, announced a contract extension for Bill Belichick. But they announced one preemptively for Gerard Mayo at that time. So you knew things were a little bit different. You knew things were changing. And you knew that he was the likely candidate to replace Belichick. But when Mike Vrabel became available, that to me is when things changed a little bit in my mind, but not in reality. Yeah, in my mind as well. Because when somebody like Mike Vrabel, who is a proven head coach in the National Football League, who also has ties to the New England Patriots, who returned this season to great fanfare and was talking about the Patriots organization organization as us, I certainly thought that that would throw a wrinkle into the plans that the Patriots had to have Gerard Mayo as a successor to Bill Belichick. But we spoke to our Mike Reese earlier in the show, who knows the Patriots as well as anybody, covers the team, and says that even with Mike Vrabel becoming available, that did not move the Patriots off Gerard Mayo at all. And that was really surprising to me. But they had conviction in their guy. And I'm really interested to see how this plays out. And I'll add one other thing. Your good friend Diana Rossini of The Athletic obviously does a phenomenal job. She put out there that the Patriots never even spoke to an additional candidate at all. It was Mayo or nobody. And Mayo obviously at that point was not going to not take the job. All right. Can he or can't he? Brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you to call, click Granger.com or just stop by today small hold on are we going to acknowledge the fit change yeah i got my, got my clark kent on getting ready for first take you know i love Stephen. they won't let me come on the show without a sport coat on let me fix something. he's bougie in that way a little bougie there we go a little bougie what yeah. i have going on no, you had the, the wire turn? on you i had That's a wire on me yeah. okay well i Thank think you. it looks yeah. d- brush my shoulder <laughs> 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 he's suited and booted and has the jewelry to match there we go let's go let's go Let's go. <laughs> okay, can he or can't he? First one, can Joe Flacco throw for over 268 and a half yards against the Texans? No, I don't think he can. I'm going to go with the under on that one. And I get it. He torched that secondary for the Texans the first time around. But you got to think that D'Amico Ryans is going to have a plan. Uh, Joe Flacco doesn't play well against zone defenses. And f- the Texans figure to run a lot of zone coverage uh, based on what they've done over the last two or three weeks in the regular season. So I think this is a more of a regression back to the mean in terms of Flacco's performance from a production standpoint against that Texans defense going under. C.J. Stroud over under one and a half touchdowns against the Browns. Uh, I'm going to go over. And here's the thing. I, I get it. Like it's his first playoff game. Not necessarily know what to expect now that we've got playoff speed. The tempo of the game is a lot faster. But this guy has shown us in the biggest of spots that he's going to shine the brightest. This is just who he is as a player. In a de facto road playoff game last week against the Colts, the guy was aces throwing for over 250 yards and two tuds. Like the last three weeks, almost 500 yards passing and three touchdowns to no picks. This guy is playing really, really good football. I think he throws for multiple passing touchdowns against a Browns defense that's suspect on the road. What about Patrick Mahomes? Can he throw over one and a half passing touchdowns against Miami? I'm going to go under. Listen, his receivers can't catch, and it being zero degrees at kickoff is not going to make that better. But I do think it makes them lean into, as an offense, an Isaiah Pacheco-centric game plan. And so I think this is a heavy focus on number 10 running the football and and so I think that is going to be the number 10 that stars. It's not going to be Pat Mahomes. It's not going to be Tyreek Hill or Tua. I think it's going to be the Isaiah Pacheco show, and that's why I'm going under when it comes to passing touchdowns for Pat Mahomes. Well, you mentioned Tua. Let me combine two here just because they're in the same category. Tua over 230.5 passing yards. Tyreek Hill over 82.5 receiving yards, obviously connected there against the Chiefs. Connected but not. I'm actually going over 230.5 passing yards for Tua, and I'm going under – 
82 and a half receiving yards for Tyreek Hill. Listen, I don't see a world where the Dolphins can be competitive without Tua having a big day. And I get that everybody wants to point to the gaudy run numbers, but I think those are a little bit inflated when you consider that this is not a team that runs well in between the tackles. It's not a physical run game. It's more of a finesse run game, taking advantage of a lot, lot of light boxes. I think this is a situation where Spags takes – Tyreek Hill away from Tua and forces Tua to beat them throwing the football. Not going to give them a semblance of a run game to lean on. So I, I think Tua goes over 230 and a half passing yards, but Tyreek Hill under 82 and a half receiving yards. Jordan Love over under one and a half passing touchdowns against the Cowboys. I'm going to go under on that one. As good as Jordan Love has been playing a Dallas Cowboys defense at home has been lights out. I mean, you're talking about the third ranked scoring defense at home in the NFL. Not too many teams that are doing it better. It's a top five outfit overall. And so I just think the youth and inexperience will catch up to the Green Bay Packers. Not saying that Gerald, Jordan Love is going to play bad. I just don't see him throwing for multiple scores. So when it comes to one and a half passing touchdowns, take the under. All right, let's go to the next one. Jared Goff, over under 260 and a half passing yards against the Rams. I'm going to go over. Revenge game for Jared Goff, something to prove. Everybody talks about the two first-rounders that they sent to L.A., in order to get, uh, in order to get Matt Sta- uh, in order so. to get Jared Goff, yeah. and I guess that everybody points to one of those being to take on the Jared Goff contract. I think Jared Goff shows why he's worth the money that the Detroit Lions has spent on him in the last couple of years. Jared Goff revenge game. I'm going to go over 260 and a half passing yards, and it's interesting. Fortinball said something about. This team not taking their foot off the gas in Week 18, I actually think that benefits them going into this playoff game at home. Can or can't he? Matt Stafford over one and a half passing touchdowns against the Lions. I'm going to go over. I think Stafford has a big day too. Cooper Cup and Pukunuku are both going to be healthy. And I envision the Rams playing catch up. So I'm going to say multiple passing touchdowns for Stafford on his uh his, uh, I guess, return back to the D. So, yes, I think it's going to be in a losing effort, but I do think he goes over one and a half passing touchdowns. Uh, next one, I'm going to need some clarification and context. Josh Allen over under 19 and a half completions. Does that count to the other team as well? Or just to his team? Because like I mean, when I threw eight picks in a game... Those are completions, just to the wrong team. No, they don't count as okay, completions. Okay, all right. We need a clarification We did need a clarification. Okay, good. And, all right. And, and that so be, to the Bills. And, to the Bills, players. And I'm going to go the under on this one. It's It's got a low point total in this game. It's in the high 30s. I just don't see this being a game where Sean McDermott is going to allow Josh Allen to lose it for him. It's clear that he doesn't need him to win it for him because of the – the, the the struggles that the Steelers' offense has had, especially with Mason Rudolph. So I'm going to say that this is a game where the Bills' offense takes the air out of the football and tries to focus on James Cook running the rock, and that's why I'm going to go under 19 and a half completions for Jared, afraid for Josh Allen against the Steelers. Last one, Kenny or Canty, Mason Rudolph over .5 passing touchdowns against the Bills. Ooh, I'm going to go under that total. I, I just don't see it happening. Um, I, I think it's going to be more about Jalen Warren and Najee Harris, so I'm going to say under Mason Rudolph when it comes to a passing touchdown. All right, there we go. Uh, Canty has the can he or Canty presented by Granger here. We also have the best bet of the night on a day in which Gerard Mayo is named head coach or will be named head coach of the New England Patriots. Again, the last opening to occur and the first one to close here in the NFL thus far. All right, so here's the play of the night. We're going to go with Wild Card Weekend, and it's going to be our picks. It's going to be our picks. We're taking the Cowboys laying the seven. We're taking the Steelers plus ten, and we're taking the Texans and the two and a half points. 
We better be right for the people. We, we got to be right for the people. We got to get a win in 2024. It's been bad. Javante, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to pay you back, bro. That's my bad. But, but we got to be right for the people. Those are the games that I feel the strongest about when it comes to against the spread. So, again, that's the Texans plus two and a half, the Steelers plus ten, and the Dallas Cowboys lay in the seven. All right, coming up, we will have our unsportsmanlike moments of the day and the latest with the coaching carousel in college and pro. We will get to that next. Unsportsmanlike presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio and ESPNU. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. He survived a terrible, terrible moment in our history. The most unsportsmanlike moment of the day. That was terrible. was not a great look. It is time for the unsportsmanlike moment of the day here on Unsportsmanlike. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, ESPNU as well, where every day we give you something weird, something different, something quirky, different, uh, unique, whatever it may be. So the biggest story of the day has been over the last two days, Bill Belichick, Nick Saban, Pete Carroll. Now we learn that uh, Gerard Mayo is going to take over as Patriots head coach. Well, the Belichick press conference, which included no questions, started out a fascinating way yesterday, and that is our unsportsmanlike moment of the day. All right, morning. Seen this many cameras since we signed Tebow. Tim Tebow <laughs> took a stray. How did that happen? That he goes, I haven't seen this many cameras since we signed Tebow. To which Tebow, by the way, give him credit, Tim Tebow, our teammate here at ESPN, did tweet about and quote tweeted, and I'm getting this exact tweet here, where he leaned into it, which was awesome, and he said, that's about all I did. LOL. Congrats on being one of the greatest coaches ever. Great job by Tebow leaning into it. Oh, yeah. You got to be a class act, especially when you know it's all true, right? (laughs) A lot of (laughs) hype for no reason. But yeah, I mean, it was a circus when they signed Tim Tebow, but uh, I mean, listen, Bill Belichick in that moment creating some levity, knowing the yeah. gravity of the situation. You got to appreciate that, right? Because he never shows personality, but that was one of the moments that he kind of let you behind the curtain. And when you talk to his former players, they all talk about how funny he is. And that was a moment where he showed us. No doubt. And as you said, we didn't really know what version of Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft we were going to get yesterday. Was it going to be somber, maybe contentious? Were they going to cry? So the fact that he came out there and he opened with a killer one-liner to really set the mood for what this was going to be and what their you know announcement of their divorce was going to be was pretty cool. Well, and also there was a moment I thought that Belichick did get emotional, and it was hard to tell because his you know he's sick with the cold, and they they pointed that out, so you couldn't really tell based on his normal voice. But when he started talking about the fans. 
he started to sound like he was choking up a little bit, which was actually great to see. I, you know, you guys were ripping on me fairly about whether or not I was crying yesterday when this happened. There was a moment for me that I did get emotional also when I was reading the Brady Instagram post attributing to Belichick or giving him a tribute. I thought that was great. Brady is just awesome with that kind of stuff. So that was a great moment for me. Um, I got more emotional with Brady. As if he would ever say otherwise. Yes. As if he would ever say otherwise. As if he would say a negative thing about how Bill has handled this out the door and how Tom has handled Bill's firing in New England. Have you ever said anything negative about Bill or Tom? Uh, Yes. Yes. You what? have. What? Yeah. Go on. About like X's and O's stuff? No, no. Just in general. It doesn't have to be one specific yes, tactical Yes, I definitely decision. have. I don't have like the like specific recollections of every moment I've said anything negative, but absolutely. The I mean, only negative thing I've heard him say about the New England Patriots is actually today and him not being fully on board with the Gerard Mayo hire. Yeah, I'm just surprised. Only, that's the only negative thing I've heard him say Same. about the Patriots. Because you have that's alluded it. to this all season long. Uh, I've kept- been pretty critical of Mac Jones. No, no, no. We're talking. We're talking Bill. We're talking talking Robert Kraft. We're talking, you know, Tom Brady. But I am a little surprised at your reaction, Evan, as a Patriots fan, because you have known that this has been in place all season long. You've talked about it many times. You knew that the end of the road was likely for Belichick and that Gerard Mayo would be the guy. And today we get confirmation that your guy, Robert Kraft, has hired his successor and you weren't excited at all. Okay, that's not that's not fair. It's like if you put chicken parm, lobster and pizza in front of me, I'm lobster and pizza are going to go first. I'm still going to eat the chicken parm, but that may be my third choice. When I'm presented with the idea of Rabel or Flores... Mayo is more of the unknown, so I'm not as excited as I would be for the known. You called mayo chicken parm? No, I'm saying with me. You can't me. put mayo on chicken parm. No. Oh, boy. No. Are there going to be more? Patrick Holmes would do it, though. Pro- he, he likes Dan Orlovsky Olof- definitely guys, would do yeah, it. Yeah, good call. Dan Orlovsky would do it. Yeah. Come on. You're missing the... Uh, Will Levis is the one who would do it. He puts mayo in coffee. Sure. <laughs> I think he would put it in chicken parm. Good now, point. by the way, through all of this... Which is really remarkable what's going on here. Belichick, Mayo, Super Wild Card Weekend. Pete Carroll with the reunion with all the players the other night that Russell Wilson flew in. Uh, oh, by the way, Nick Saban is out in Alabama by choice. But who's in? So now there's conversation that uh, I guess on SEC Network this morning, Peter Burns, our buddy, had um, the former center for Alabama, Barrett Jones, play in the NFL for mm-hmm. a little bit. And the comment that he made to um, to Peter, quote, if it's not Kalen DeBoer for Alabama, that's the Washington coach, I would start to get really nervous, end quote. That is interesting. So they're putting all of their, at least per him, they're putting a lot of those eggs in the Kalen DeBoer basket, which I have no problem with. The guy's won everywhere he's been. We, we brought him up for Michigan, thinking he's a Midwest kind of guy, yeah. that he kind of fits more there. I don't know. I think the beauty of him in many ways is we didn't know about his personality. We kind of He was kind of straight line, kind of focused, which doesn't always work in the SEC unless you're a guy like Saban. I mean, this is an interesting sentiment from Alabama, is it not? No, I like Kalen DeBoer, though. I, I think everything I do too, we, but everything if they we, don't get him, like they don't know what they're doing all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean, that becomes interesting, right? I, I mean, Mike Norvell, when he got to Florida State, was a little bit clunky, but he's figured it out. They went 13-0 and this year, and he had a lot of success at Memphis. Uh, I mean, you, you, you heard about Dan Lanning, but he's seemingly taking himself off the board. Uh, I mean, I of the possibilities... I would probably say that Kalen DeBoer is a little bit sexier just because of the success that he's been able to have, being able to work the transfer portal while also being able to re-recruit guys that were already in the program, convincing them that they shouldn't leave because of how they were innovating, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. This is somebody that's won three national titles at the NAIA level. I I, I think this is 
this is a guy that you you feel good about if you give the resources to. If you give him the keys to the car, he's not going to wreck it. Yeah, I, I couldn't, I can't necessarily say that with full confidence. If we're talking about somebody like Steve Sarkeesian or somebody like Mike Norvell, yeah. And with Kalen DeBoer, you said the personality's kind of straight line, but every single person we have talked to on this show in the college football world, when asked about Kalen DeBoer, talks about how much they love this guy. Some people, even unprompted, will bring him up. He's one of my favorite people in college football. I can't tell you how much I enjoy this person. So I think that that matters too. That he's kind of beloved in a lot of ways, not only at Washington, but seemingly in the college football world. I want to throw one other thing out there for you guys before we hand it off to Greeny coming up in a few minutes because I teased earlier in our show when people go back on the ESPN app and listen, the idea of an are we sure that conversation, right? And then Gerard Mayo, so the Patriots happens and we never got there. So I want to throw that out to you guys. By choice with both of these. Are we sure that this weekend is not Mike Tomlin's last game with the Steelers? And are we sure that this weekend is not Andy Reid's last game with the Chiefs? By choice, and the only reason I asked the second one is because Mike Tannenbaum, who joined us earlier, kind of floated out there, hey, who knows, in this crazy world of coaching that we're living in, could Andy Reid walk away? Are we sure of that with both of them? After this week, you think that I'm going to say we're sure of anything? I don't think Andy Reid's walking away. Based on what he said, I mean, thinking about Nick Saban retiring and talking about how old he is and how old Belichick is, he, he doesn't see himself as that old intimating that he's going to stay around for a while. And if you got number 15 at quarterback, Pat Mahomes, why wouldn't you stick around? But we just watched Bill Belichick, Nick Saban, Pete Carroll, and Mike Vrabel all be out of their posts this week. Why would I assume that anyone is as safe as can be or that they might not want to walk away at some point? I don't know. I just feel like this week has been so bizarre that I'm not putting anything else past, past what could happen. Well, I guess I'll say this. I mean, just to push back. Mike Vrabel was fired. Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick, Nick Saban, all in their 70s. And Andy Reid is in his mid-60s. So it's a little bit of a difference. But Andy Reid and Mike Tomlin have both done this for a really long time. Uh, You guys didn't answer about the other one, though. Are we sure that this isn't Mike Tomlin's last game by choice in Pittsburgh? Don't know that. Don't know that. Don't know that. That would be bummer. Again, I want to emphasize two words. By choice. He is not getting fired. No, he's not getting fired. But, I mean, that's the thing. I don't know. And we don't, don't know, know where Vrabel ends up now. You know, Vrabel did play for the Steelers. Oof. Yeah, if Mike Tomlin walked away, then Vrabel should be on a short list of coaches. But that that is an interesting one to watch. And Brian you know, Flores was also on, there on, with him on, for on, a minute. On. And here's the other thing that I will say about that. Interesting one to watch. And the outcome of this game could potentially inform some of that. Because if you win a playoff game, and that's what Steelers fans have been on him about all the time. Oh, you hadn't won a playoff game in forever. If you win a playoff game, with this team, then all of a sudden, maybe you can convince yourself that you have enough ingredients if you find the right quarterback right. that you can contend at a championship level. Because that's all the Steelers are about. That's all Mike Tomlin is about. If you get trounced in this game, then all of a sudden it might be a little bit more palatable for him to decide to step away and do something else. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying, this weekend could determine a lot of that for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So basically we could have four potential coaches that are coaching this weekend not be back with their respective teams sure, by choice or by chance. Sure. Super Bowl winning coaches too. Super Bowl winning coaches in the case of McCarthy and Tomlin. Yeah. And Super Bowl appearing coaches in the case of Sirianni. That is remarkable. CeCe's going to be on first take coming up on ESPN in a few minutes. Greeny is coming up next. We are on to Monday. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Presented- Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80.
You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.